Well, good morning. Uh, it is good to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, for those of you that do not know, my name is Luke Martin. I am the student minister here at Gateway Taze Valley. And normally you would find uh, Brian Dillon up here bringing the message this morning, but I have the incredible opportunity to, uh, to bring the final sermon of 2021 to you all here this morning while Brian and his family are our visiting family uh, today. Uh, most of you may know that, like, like I said, I'm the student minister now, but most of you may know that earlier this year I was uh, practicing as a registered nurse, and um, God, I felt like God had opened up a couple doors for me uh, to, to take me out of, out of nursing and lead me into ministry. And uh, I feel like when God opens multiple doors, like, there's no question, you, you better go, right? Like, one door, you might question it. It's like, ah, you really know what you're talking about? It's like two doors. Okay, yeah, you, you know what you're talking about, okay? Uh, joking, but, um, but yeah, I thought that was a pretty big indicator that God was leading me out of nursing and into ministry. But I graduated nursing school in, uh, in 2015, and as a student nurse, we couldn't really practice our skills on, uh, like, live patients, right? Like, we couldn't learn how to do um, all the skills that we needed to do on, on living patients. That would just kind of be like torture, right? Like, we couldn't just go over and practice CPR on you know, somebody who didn't need CPR. Uh, so, most of our, our practice was done in labs or in simulations and things like that. And so, whenever we would go, you know, to the hospital for clinicals, um, our, we were told by our instructors that if a patient ever asked us, have you ever done this before? Like, have you ever stuck an IV? Have you ever placed a tube? We were to reply with, you have no idea how many times I've done this, right? Any nurses in here? Any nurses in here know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty accurate. With, with that response, we could typically hide the fact that we had no clue what we were doing, right? Yeah, like, uh, we have no idea what we're doing, so, but you have no idea how many times I've done this. Maybe it was once or, or whatever. But anyways, you might be wondering why, uh, why I'm starting off with this, and you might be wondering, uh, thinking to yourself, has this guy ever preached a sermon? Has he ever spoken to any adults? <laughs> Let me just answer that by saying, you have no idea how many times I've done this, okay? <laughs> All right. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, thanks for laughing at that. That makes me feel a whole lot better. Uh, I'm glad that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, all jokes aside though, this is my first sermon, well, my second sermon, uh, my first sermon here at Taze Valley, and uh, it's an honor to be bringing it to you as the last Sunday in 2021. So I would appreciate, uh, appreciate your prayers as, as we go through this this morning, but uh, that sounds crazy. Right? Like, this is the last Sunday of 2021. It is, this is the last one. Uh, here we are, you know, we just had Christmas yesterday, and thank you guys for showing up. You know, it's okay if you fall asleep this morning. There's a lot of traveling, a lot of stuff going on yesterday. So, uh, you know, it, it's just crazy to think that 2021 is basically over with. And so as we approach the end of the year, I want to talk about something today that... Uh, that should matter to all of us. That should matter to all of us, and that is how we're going to finish. How we're going to finish out this year, 
how we're going to finish out this month, how we're going to finish out this week, how we're going to finish out this day, but more importantly, how we're going to finish out this life. Because honestly, none of us have the guarantee that we're going to see next year. None of us have the guarantee that we're going to see the end of this day. So today I want to talk about the art of finishing well. Have you guys ever watched a race uh, where a runner, they started out really strong, really fast, maybe the first lap or the first couple laps, only to fall off at the end? Yeah, if you haven't, uh, you can go back and watch some of my high school uh, 400 races and you'll see those, uh, those last uh, few hundred meters, the, you know, 100 meters, 150 meters, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about there. Maybe uh, any WVU fans in here? Yeah, yeah, WVU football especially. We always start off. We always start off good, and we can never get our hopes up uh, until the final whistle uh, has been blown, right? Because it's like, well, we've got a 50-point lead, uh, but we'll find a way to lose it. But we can never get our hopes up until the final whistle, the final buzzer. Now, I want you to know this morning that God, He takes uh, interest in how we start, but God especially takes interest in how we finish. Because everybody will finish, right? Everybody's going to finish. But not everyone is going to finish well. And here are uh, some names of some well-known Christians and, and Christian leaders who have maybe got tripped up along the way. Or maybe they just didn't finish all too well in the end. Some of them uh, have gone through what they call deconstructing their faith. Uh, and you may know and you may remember some of these names. And you might have even read some of their books. Some of these names, some of these people are uh, like Jimmy Swaggart, Ted Haggard, Bill Gothard, Rob Bell, Perry Noble, Bill Hybels, Bart Campolo, Mark Driscoll, Ravi Zacharias and, and Josh Duggar, and then we even have some worship leaders. Marty Sampson, he was a worship leader for Hillsong Worship, uh, and then um, John, uh, Jonathan Steingard, he was the lead singer for the Christian rock band Hawk Nelson. And the list of people who haven't finished well is unfortunately a lot longer. But thankfully, because the love, grace, and mercy of God, some of them aren't quite finished yet. They, they have a chance to repent. They have a chance to get back on track and turn back to God and, and, you know, and, and realign with His will and seek forgiveness. Like Perry Noble, for instance, he was, uh, he was a pastor and he got caught up in alcohol abuse and uh, neglecting his family, which ultimately led to uh, him divorcing his wife. And uh, he was fired from his church, but uh, you know, through, through the grace of God, he has been able to start a church, a new church called Second Chance Church, uh, and thank God for second chances, right? Thank God for second chances uh, at life and just at finishing well. But unfortunately, the damage that these, uh, these people, these humans, have done uh, to the kingdom has been pretty great. So it's important that we finish well. So today I want to look at the book of Philippians, uh, primarily Philippians chapter 3. So uh, if you want to turn there, uh, we'll, we'll be looking there in a moment. But in this book, we get a pretty good prescription of how to finish well. The book of Philippians, it's such a great book, uh, and it's a, especially a great book to finish the year out with. And I want to encourage you this week 
to go through it as part of your personal devotional time. But the book of Philippians, it was written by the Apostle Paul to the the believers in, in Philippi. And it may only be four short chapters or seven pages in my NIV Bible, but Paul, he doesn't waste a single word. He doesn't waste a single line as he challenges and encourages the church in Philippians there. This, uh, this book, it's a, it's a book of high, lofty ideas, especially in chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, uh, what uh, some scholars call that the most profound Christological passage in the New Testament, where Paul is, is uh, describing the nature and the exaltation of Jesus Christ. But Philippians, it's also a book of down-to-earth help. And right here in chapter 3, we have uh, this prescription of how to finish well. So I want you to listen to Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. So in this little section of Scripture, we can find some pretty great instruction on how to finish well. In fact, I think there's four things that we can draw from this um, and we can apply to our lives if we want to finish well. And the first thing is this. Admit that you're not where you want to be. Admit that you're not where you want to be. I mean, can we just be real with ourselves for a minute? How many of us have missed opportunities this year? All of us, right? We all have. And if you haven't, then uh, look a little bit deeper, okay? Take a little closer look because you'll probably find that you have. Maybe we've missed opportunities to witness for Christ. Maybe we've missed opportunities uh, to stand up for our Christian freedoms and our Christian faith and, and the, the right to life. Maybe we've missed opportunities to, to step up and to serve others, to serve our communities. Maybe there's been times where we failed to respond with a Christ-like attitude. Maybe we put more money, we wanted to put more money towards the work for the kingdom, but instead we, we spent that money on ourselves or, or we, uh, we invested that money uh, to make money for ourselves. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, and, and some of you might feel like that's a step on your toes, but maybe you should take a look at your giving statements. But really, your giving statements, there's a sign-up sheet out at the starting point this morning. After their service, go put your name and email address down there, and uh, we'll get those sent over to Ashley Fields, and she'll get those sent out to you here soon. Um, but maybe there's been times uh, throughout this year that we can look back and we can see moments where we, we just haven't, we, we haven't been enough. We haven't lived up uh, you know, uh, to the standard we should have in our marriages or in our relationships. Maybe as a father or as a mother, maybe we said the wrong thing, we took the wrong posture, took the wrong attitude, or we put ourselves before them. The bottom line is, if we're going to finish well, we must acknowledge our failures and our missed opportunities. And Paul does this when he writes in verses 12 and 13. He says, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I mean, think about what Paul 
is saying here. His life since meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus seems to be a, um, a model example for us. He had given his all in this pursuit of following Christ and preaching the gospel, and he had done it in season and out of season. He had done it where, where it was accepted and where he would be thrown in prison for it. And he had given himself to the hardest work on earth, which was planting churches. And because of it, he suffered some pretty difficult times. He, went, he, he had some pretty difficult hardships, and, and he suffered persecution at the hands of the Jews and Gentiles for the cause of Christ. And in fact, Paul was actually in prison when he wrote this letter to uh, the, the believers in uh, Philippi there. And Paul had done far more than most people in his day, and he has certainly done far more than any of us in this room. And Paul says about himself that he's not where he wants to be. He, 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 isn't where, he hasn't reached his goal yet. So don't beat yourself up too much for your failures or your missed opportunities, um, because even the best of the best said, hey, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I've still got some work to do. And one of the, uh, the great American philosopher, uh, Yogi Berra, he once said, it ain't over till it's over, right? Now, maybe he was talking about the 1973 season uh, and the Mets trip to the World Series, but today we're talking about life, right? It's not over till it's, till it's over. I'm not where I want to be, but there's still time. So first, we must admit that we are not where we want to be, and, and the second thing we need to do if we want to finish well is don't give up on becoming the person God wants you to be. Press on. Giving up is not an option. Take the word quit out of your vocabulary. That is not something that we were made for. We are not quitters, right? Let's go back to the race or the game analogy that, that I used in the beginning. We've all seen a runner or we've all seen a team develop this mentality of, we got this, right? We've all seen them develop that mentality before they got this, right? It reminds me of the old fable of the tortoise and the hare. You know, the, the hare, uh, he thought he had it in the bag, right? He, he thought he had it in the bag, so he took off and he sat down, and what did he do? He, he ended up losing, right? And there's a lot of people, a lot of good people, a lot of good Christian people, Christian leaders who haven't finished well. And maybe they haven't finished well because of their selfish pride, or maybe they haven't finished well because of their laziness, or maybe they just haven't finished well, uh, finished well because they got distracted by the world. And at the end of the book, Colossians, uh, in chapter 4, verses 10 through 15, Paul, he's, uh, he's talking about, uh, he, he lists a bunch of men that he's been doing ministry with, that he has been running the race with. And uh, he mentions uh, the man Aristarchus and Mark. He mentions a man named Justice. He, he mentions another one, Epaphras. He also, also mentions his friend uh, Luke. And he mentions Demas as well. Uh, Demas, he also mentions him at, at the end of the book of Philemon. But later, near the end of his ministry, uh, Paul mentions Demas Again, but this time it wasn't for his faithfulness in this, uh, this uh, advancement of the gospel. Instead, this time it was because Demas had bailed out on Paul. He got distracted. Paul said 
that Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me. But our race isn't over until we cross the finish line. Our, 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 the game isn't over until the final whistle blows, and the battle isn't over until the last surrender. Paul said, he said, I know I'm not there yet, but I press on. I press on. I'm straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal. And so as followers of Christ, we cannot, we cannot lose sight and we cannot give up on becoming the person God wants us to be. So admit that you're not where you want to be. Uh, don't give up on becoming the person God wants you to be. And the third is to gain strength from your partnership in Christ. Notice again what Paul said in verse 12. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And look at verse 14 again where Paul says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. You see, you, you don't run alone. You don't run alone. It might feel like you do. It might feel like you're in this thing by yourself. And, and if you think you are, it's probably because you have your eyes closed or you're blindfolded by the enemy. But you're not the only one running. You're not the only one headed for the finish line, right? You're not the only one in the fight. You're not the only one with those struggles. You're not the only one with those addictive tendencies. You're not the only one with those failures or those problems. So don't get depressed like the, uh, the prophet Elijah did after he stood down the, the 400 prophets of Baal. He prayed down the glory of God, right? Elijah ran to the desert and laid down and he wanted to die because he fell all alone. And in 1 Kings 19, he cried out to God. He said, am I the only one left? Am I the only one left? And God said, no, you're, you're not the only one left. You're, there's, you're not. He said, I've got 7,000 in Israel who haven't bowed a knee to Baal yet. But listen, even if you were alone, even if it felt like no one was running this race with you, we know one who still is. We still know that Jesus is in this race with us. And that's what Paul is really saying here. He's saying that Jesus had taken hold of him for a purpose. And now Paul was striving to take hold of that same purpose. And what was that purpose? Well, he tells us in verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's the prize of salvation. It's the prize of, of heaven. It's the prize of meeting our Father face to face and worshiping Him for all of eternity. And Paul said this in, in uh, the great passage of 2 Timothy chapter 4, like we read for our focus verse this morning. Paul, he was, he was ready to finish well. He was nearing his time of departure, and he said this, I've fought the fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Now this crown of righteousness it was being compared to the wreath or, or the crown that the winner of the, the Greek athletic games would receive uh, in that time period. And this crown, uh, 
we, we, we all know this, but this crown was made of things that would decay, right? This, this, it was made, this wreath was made of things that would not last, like Paul describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. But the crown that Jesus awards us, that we are striving for, is everlasting. And that was the purpose of, of this partnership. And it was why Paul was saved, and, it's, and it's, uh, it was to, to finish well and to help others finish well. He, you know, he was the missionary to the Gentiles. It's why Jesus took hold of him. And, and it's why uh, when we were saved, when, when you were saved, when I was saved, uh, when we heard the gospel, when we said yes to trust and, and obedience in Jesus Christ, Jesus took hold of us. He brought us into his family. We became one of his. We became woven into his circle. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you belong to him. Romans 8, 14, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And we cannot be led by the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit is not dwelling within us. Jesus and, and you make the majority. Jesus and you make the majority. And Jesus is all we need to finish well. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Jesus took hold of me, and because of that, I can take hold of Him. And it's a partnership that benefits me and glorifies Him. We run in the shadow of the redeeming work of Christ and praise the Lord for that. Am I right? The last thing to do after we admit that we're not where we want to be and, and, and uh, all while pressing on to becoming the person God wants us to be through our partnership in Jesus Christ is to leave your past in the past. And this might be, uh, probably is the toughest thing and the hardest thing for most of us to do in this room because we all have a past, right? I'm speaking to people in here today who have a past. We all do. We all, we all have a past, some worse than others, some better than others, and that the easiest way for us to lose sight of our, our, our lives and, and waste our lives is to get hung up on our past. We get hung up on what we did or what we didn't do or what someone did to us or what they didn't do for us, right? And these thoughts and these regrets, they can weigh us down, they can tie us up, they can slow us down, they can even stop us and sometimes even drag us backwards. Some of you might be embarrassed by, by your past because uh, well, uh, of the bad things that you've done. You know, you, you, you cannot let those things define you, though. You cannot let them define you if you want to finish well. Because God can and God will use your suffering and your pain and your struggles to, to help move you forward and to help move others forward as well. I mean, think about it. We're, we're reading from a, a letter that uh, Paul wrote, right? We all know Paul's history. Uh, he had, if anybody had a bad past or regretful past, it was Paul, right? He spent so many years uh, in, with anger in his heart and hate in his heart towards the early believers 
uh, of Jesus and, and the, or the earliest followers of him. And because of this, he called himself in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, he says he is the worst of sinners. But later in, in verse 13 of Philippians chapter 3, he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Did you catch that? Forget what is behind you. Forget what is behind you. Leave the past in the past. Leave it where it is. Instead of looking at what happened to you and saying, well, there's no, there's no chance for me. There's no way I can recover from that. that. That's the end of me. Leave that stuff in the past and partner up with Jesus to finish well because He is the Redeemer of all things. Some of you might be sitting there and thinking, well, uh, you know, I, my past isn't all that bad. I haven't done, I didn't party in college. I didn't, I didn't do, you know, I didn't do anything too terrible uh, in, in my life. I've lived an overall decent life. But if you take a closer look, you might be embarrassed because you haven't really done anything good either. You, maybe you've just been completely fine with setting your life on cruise control. You haven't looked for those opportunities to witness. You haven't looked for those opportunities to, to step up and serve. And, and maybe if you've seen them, you've just kind of, well, that's not for me. I'll let somebody else do it, right? But what I'm saying is good, bad, or indifferent, we can't go back. We can't go back and we can't change our past. We can't, make, uh, we can't, we can't change what we did in the past can't change what we did last night. We can't change what we did last month, last year, last decade. But we can look back and we, we can learn from those mistakes. We can learn from our past. And we must do that if we want to move on and finish well. And that's why Paul said, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Don't be defined by your past and don't let the things of your past hinder you from doing what God has planned for you. I would dare to say that the, the older we, we get, the more it occurs to us that this life is really short, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we uh, I mean, I, I, I blinked and I have a two-year-old now. Uh, just Time just flies by. Um, this life, we might like to think that it's a marathon, but when we look at it in the grand scheme of time, when we take a step back, we realize that it's really a sprint. It just flies by. There might be seasons in our life that feel like a marathon or that, that are a marathon, but it's truly a sprint. So there's no time to waste. There's no time to let up. There's no time to give up. We have to press on because if we don't, the enemy, the, the enemy will, will notice that. He'll take advantage of that. He will try to trip you up. He will try to trip up your family, your friends, and he'll do it before you can even realize it. There is an art to finishing well. And I want to close out in prayer this morning that, that we will realize that and we will take that to heart this morning. Uh, and, and, you know, as we close out this year, that we will um, apply that in, in, uh, in reflection on our lives, but ultimately uh, apply that in reflection to not just this year, but, but who we are as Christ followers. So let's pray. God, I thank you for faithful servants in history that, that we can look to, that, that we can learn from. God, that, that, we can, uh, that we can see that 
it matters. It matters to you how we finish. You, you, you're, you're interested in our start, eh, but that is not it. That is not it. It all matters in how we finish. So Father, I pray that our faith this year, maybe, maybe we didn't take it serious enough this year. Father, I pray that we will truly invest in it to grow those roots deeper in You. That way we can be more rooted in You and we can finish well and we can run the race that You have marked out for us with, with confidence and trust and obedience, faithfulness, all for You and all for Your kingdom. Father, I pray that we we apply those things to our life this morning. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. So I don't know, maybe you have a decision to make this morning, whatever it is. Uh, I'm going to be down here in the front. Uh, Maybe it's a decision to be baptized or or to accept Jesus into your life for the first time this morning and begin your relationship with him. Or maybe you just need some prayer for for whatever is going on in your life uh, right now. Whatever it is, I want to invite you to stand and worship with us and come talk to me as we sing our final song.